Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. And let's just ask the Lord to help us with this, to understand it by His Holy Spirit. Let's pray real quick. If you would, bow your heads with me. Father, teach us by Your Holy Spirit tonight. We can't do it without You. We need the Spirit of truth to lead us and guide us into all truth tonight. So help us, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. We know that you remind us of the words of Jesus. You remind us of the word. You always give glory to Jesus. Jesus always gives glory to the Father. We thank you for that, Lord. Help us tonight. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So, verse 1. Therefore, someone say therefore. Therefore is like, so then. All right? Since we have been made right, isn't that good news? You've been made right in God's sight by faith. How? By your great actions? By the things you've done? By your good deeds? No. Since we've been made right in God's sight by faith. By faith. Someone say, by faith. Remember, all the promises are through faith. Without, apart from faith, it's impossible to please God. Since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God. Peace with God. Wow. Because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Let's Tear this verse into smaller bite-sized pieces. Look at how it begins. Chapter 5. It begins because of our faith. Everything is through faith with God. Remember? We talked about Abraham in the last chapter. And Abraham was counted righteous. What is righteousness? It means right standing with God. You're right with God, right? The only way you can be right with God is through faith. You say, no, well, well my actions, it, that's going to make me right with God. Actually, look at this. Since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, let's pause there. Since your actions don't make you right with God, let's flip it around. Once you're right with God, you want to take correct action, don't you? Once you're right with God, you want to live like you're right with God. And I call that, that's what Scripture calls it, but I love repeating it. That's holiness. Holiness isn't some strange thing. And you, you, if you're a saint, you're going to wear extra makeup. If you're a saint, you're going to wear no makeup. If you're, you're going to wear your, your clothes a certain length, or you're going to do this or that, all these do's and don'ts. No, I believe men and women should be modest. They should look their best for God. They should take care of themselves. But man, what makes you right with God is faith. And when you're right with God, you will live like you are right with God. And that's called holiness. Holiness is your conduct. Remember, I've said this for years, and it's not original. I heard it somewhere. You have your public life, you have your private life, and you have your secret life. All three of those should be an honor to God. They should be a sweet incense, a sweet fragrance. They should be worshiped to God in your public, your private life, and your secret life. Since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, now that means now I don't have to do good deeds. I want to do good things. I want to do good things because God's been good to me. Did you know there are times that I'll do something and I know that it honors God and I say, Lord, I'll talk to you about that when I get to heaven because that's for you. Nobody else needs to know about that. I should say, actually, God, you're going to talk. Not even my wife needs to know about it. And, man, I'll be honest with you. Jen and I have a relationship. She'll go once in a while, why didn't you tell me? Or I'll go, why, did, why didn't you tell me? And our usual answer for each other, we look at each other in baffled amazement, is, I forgot. Because <laughs> we tell each other virtually everything. But there are those things that I, 
And you know, you've heard the saying, oh, if you brag to your family about it, it's not bragging. I see that. I do to a point. But there are some things I just want a reward in heaven for. I just want to take no chances. Let God receive it as a sacrifice of praise. Let him receive it as an amazing sacrifice. Since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God now. And because I have peace with God, I say, man, I don't have to worry about God chasing me down to judge me. I don't. I say, man, judgment's coming. Well, that's for the unrighteous. I'm right with God. Is God going to judge certain things in my life, certain details, if I don't submit them to him and do better in those areas? Sure. But general judgment, that is not for the people of God. Book of Revelation talks a lot about judgment. And you know what's crazy about that book? God's unleashing and allowing and permitting the devil to do stuff, but there are some things in that book that there are direct judgments from a holy God. He's telling his angels, pour this out now on the planet. They've rejected me all these thousands of years. I gave them Jesus. They didn't want him. So now there will be judgment directly from God. Scripture says it is a fearful thing thing to be in the hands of the living God. Now he's loving. But look at the dichotomy of God. It's so important to have peace with God. Why? Because he's the lamb and the lion. He's gentle. He went, he said, come unto me. I'm humble. You can learn from me. Take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Learn of me. Be humble like me. He went like a lamb to the slaughter. He didn't open up his mouth. He didn't fight and say, I'm innocent. What's wrong with you devils? Man, I'm going to bring judgment on you. No, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. But the one who was crucified as a lamb, he rose again as a lion. You say, a lion? Yeah, it's just two aspects of it. It's not contradictory. It's two aspects of his personality. There are some of you in here that you don't argue, you don't debate, you're not big, big on emotions and talking a bunch of trash, but you have a will of iron in there, huh? That's the same person. Some of the quietest people have a will of iron. I've met them. I know them. They would call you a felt-covered brick. You don't talk about how stubborn you are and make a big show. It's just when you decide, you decide. It's over. Right? Some of you, you know what I'm talking about. You're like, I ain't going to fight about it or argue about it. And me, I'd rather fight and argue about it. And then I may change my mind. What can I say? I'm a natural showman, I guess. <laughs> right? My wife's like, baby, you don't have to be so dramatic. I'm like, yeah, but isn't, this, isn't it? I've told her, you know, because we're discussing something. I'll say, yeah, but isn't it fun? She's like, it's exhausting. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, I see where you're, where you're coming. I can, I, can, I can be a lot. I can be a lot. I'm kind of active, you know. I had to get a lot of spankings growing up. Glad I outgrew those. There are different aspects of God's personality. He is a God of love, but he's also a God of judgment. He brings judgment. He does it lovingly, though. Do you know what God's judgments are for? I'm bringing all this up because it's so important, according to this verse, that we have peace with God. It's so important, right? You're not worried about the judgment day now. Of course, you're concerned about, Lord, I need to do better. I want you to convict me. I want you to help me. I still want to repent in certain areas. I need to get better. But now, because of the coming judgment day, praise God, You don't have to worry about it or regardless of the coming, despite the coming judgment day, we have peace with God because what? We've been made and made right in God's sight by faith. And you get to see different aspects of God's personality, the lion and the lamb. He's not going to argue with people. You go get to heaven and and, or you go stand before God at the great white throne judgment. Say, man, I'm going to I'm going to plead my case. He says, did you accept my sacrifice or not? 
And did you live like it? That's real simple. And have you noticed how offensive it is that we even bring this up? If we break down this verse in public, people get mad and they say, are you calling me a sinner? I'll say, I'm not. Scripture is. Apart from God, I am a sinner. Apart from God, I'm pretty wicked. I'm telling you right now, if we didn't have God, some of us, man, would have been some criminal masterminds. <laughs> or I, I, I probably would have just thought I was. And then gotten in trouble first time out. Just something dumb. But I love this. Let's go through it again. Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. He's the lion and the lamb. He took care of it at the cross. He rose again as the conquering Savior, the Redeemer, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He has prevailed, man. He has prevailed. Let's go on to the next verse. And praise God, we have peace with God because of Jesus. Man, you don't have to worry about the judgment side of God if you're walking with Him. Look at this. Because of our faith, someone say because of our faith. Uh huh. Because of our faith, all because of faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. Did you know if you're a grateful human, if you're a grateful believer, you will always see the place of undeserved privilege where you stand now? Work on your gratefulness. It's an act of your will. Make sure you work on your gratefulness. You say, man, well, I've, even, even in, you know, whatever, you go to a restaurant and say, well, I did pay for this. This is awful. But, you know, you can, you can be nice about it. <laughs> you can still be grateful. There's been times I've been in restaurants and it was not good. But you still treat people like, you know, you be grateful. They did their best. And, oh, that was probably a waste of $20. But you still need to act Christ-like about it. And then how about all these other things that God does in your life? I'm telling you right now, I'm grateful for air conditioning. Did you know I'm grateful for central heating and cooling? Growing up, we never, I never lived in, well, maybe, maybe we did. No, huh? We never lived in a home that had central heating and cooling. We lived in a trailer one time that had central heating. But every summer it was that evaporative cooler. And man, there ain't nothing wrong with an evaporative cooler. It works out here in the desert, especially when it's dry. But man, I am grateful that I don't have to change the pads on that evaporative cooler every summer because dad used to have me out there. He'd say, come on, we're going to change the pads out of here. Do you guys remember changing those pads? They're hard to put the wire back in place to get the thing back in the thing. You know, I, I did that for a reason. I didn't even have to say all of it. And the dad, Sometimes it was real hot. You know what my dad would do? He'd say, go outside and wa water the air conditioner. And he'd say, hey, remember? Hey, you better shut up. He'd say, that side of the house is already getting shady. You're going to be okay. Just go over there and water the air conditioner. And I'd go outside and water it real good. He'd say, take about 10 minutes. I know you're in a rush. Get back inside and play Nintendo. Back in the day, Dad used to say, Nintendo. <laughs> I always thought, is that a Spanish word? Like, I intend to do it? Dad said, all you've been doing today is playing Nintendo. You know, kids, kids, they know so much more. Ha, ha, ha. Nintendo. And he'd catch me playing too late. And what would they do? What would parents do? Y'all did it. He'd walk in and turn the TV off. I'd pause it. Can't lose my place. <laughs> he'd turn the TV off, but the Nintendo was still on. But dad would say, go outside. Go outside and water the air conditioner. He'd say, what point are you making, Pastor Matt? 
I return to my original point. I'm so grateful. I didn't have to water the pads tonight before the service. The air conditioners, like we're on. I just turned it down a little bit. I'm very grateful for things like that. I'm very grateful that because of faith, God made it that simple that I can have all the rights and privileges that he promised just because I believe and walk in it. I'm so grateful. Can you imagine if God said, and people do this all the time, they don't realize they're, they're actually setting themselves up for a terrible judgment day. They go, I believe your good deeds have to outweigh your bad deeds. Really? I wouldn't risk that. Imagine. There's some religions out there that you don't know until you meet your maker. They say, well, hopefully he'll be merciful. I'm glad that God promises us mercy if we believe. Isn't that crazy? It's so simple. And it's so simple a child can believe it, but adults stumble over it as they get older. They don't believe, and they get to the place where they say, even people say this, well, I don't believe in God. You know what Scripture says about those folks? There's one verse in particular I'm reminded of. I believe there's one verse in the Bible that mentions atheists directly. It says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. I'm going to live however I want. Okay. Mm-mm. Look at the simple wisdom. You can teach kids in children's church, and they believe. You say, man, Jesus rose from the dead for your sins. Like, I want to accept Jesus. I want to get baptized. And here you are as adults. You're miracles, right? Especially if you got saved after 10, 15, 20 years of age. It's a miracle, but it's all because of our faith. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. I'm so grateful. I know you are. Where we now stand. You stand in a place of undeserved pr- privilege And we confidently, someone say confidently. Oh, I love how this is phrased in the New Living Translation. It says, and we confidently and joyfully look, what? Forward to sharing God's glory. What does that mean? You're going to be with him in heaven one day. But did you know while you're on earth, Scripture says he has crowned you with glory and honor? Not because of your greatness, because of the great one who lives within you. Scripture says greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. God has, why would God do that? He's, he's going to share his glory with you. That, one way of looking at that is he's going to share his space with you. He's made heaven for you. Jesus said, don't be troubled. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. We could get into the theology of all of that, but that's when heaven, heaven really became your final destination once you accept Jesus, after Jesus died and rose again. All right? Heaven became the place you were headed to so you could share God's glory. Let's go on to the next verse. We can rejoice too. Oh man, this is going to get good. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Pastor Matt, what? Why would I rejoice when things get hard? Why? Did you know pressure and weight and trials and getting taxed, I don't mean taxed, by the government, there's plenty of that. But I mean, being physically or emotionally taxed, did you know, did you know it builds muscle? We put strain on ourselves in the gym so that we can build muscle. Been talking to a young man, a, a dear friend of mine, he says, yeah, we, we're tearing our muscles down so that when they heal, they come back stronger. I learned that in the gym years ago. Like, man, I'm sore. Uh-huh. It's working. Life will make you sore. You cannot avoid trials. We can rejoice, though, when we run into problems and trials. I'm going to linger on this verse a little bit. When we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop 
endurance. One translation says patience. Perseverance. You can rejoice when you run into problems and trials. Why? Because it's building you up during the trial, and you're going to be different and built up after the trial if you walk in, in knowledge and truth and humility. And this is going to come up, this foreshadowing, this is going to come up this Sunday in my message because, look, this is how character is built. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials. You ever ran into a problem? Yes. In this world, you will have trouble, Jesus said. When we run into problems and trials, but we know that they help us develop endurance. Just like in the gym. You say, man, I can't lift that 50 yet. Well, start off with 10. Man, that's silly. you got to start somewhere. And if 10 works on your muscles and makes you sore, then that's what you can handle. Did you know God's not going to give you any more than you can handle with His help? There's something we do in the gym when we're working out, and it's called a spot. Remember those days, Barry? Barry taught me, man, how to spot real good, and, you, and we've been doing that lately, spotting. you gotta, you got to watch for someone so they can, they can lift the weight, yeah, but there, be, there comes a moment where you got to help somebody. Got to help somebody with their burden. They're building up, but there's only, we may not know what point is too much. And it's amazing because God is always spotting you. He's not going to give you more than you can handle. Focus on this. He will not, some people just say, God will not give you more than you can handle. Well, I beg to differ. He doesn't give you more than you can handle with his help because he always gives you more than you can handle alone. Always. God's going to let you go through stuff. There's no way you can make it through it without God helping you. Some of you right now, oh man, I feel the Spirit of God. I don't know if it's for someone in the house or someone on the live stream. You're going through some stuff right now and you're going, I can't wait to get to the other side of this. It may have just started. It may have been going on for weeks and months. Maybe you've been worried about it. God says, I've got it. You just trust in me. The darkest moments, you notice that God does miraculous things. God chose to use Abraham. Can you imagine God putting all of his... All of his bet on one guy, 75 years of age, he just came out of pagan revelry. We don't know his whole life. He came from Ur of the Chaldees. They worshiped other gods. God said, I'm the great I am, and I'm going to turn you into a great nation if you'll seek me. God revealed himself to Abraham, and Abraham believed. Scripture says it was counted to him as righteousness, and it all started with one. I love how God does these things that look like they're completely against the odds. That's what builds muscle when all the odds are against you. You're like, this feels like 500 pounds. I can't lift it. Praise God. He's only going to give you what you can handle with his help. He's always going to give you something that you can't handle on your own. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Oh, but praise God, man. We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. Pressure builds muscles. Pressure builds resolve. Some of you, man, it's time to get your stubborn on. Really. Not in a bad way or an evil way. No, it's time for you to go, you know what? I'm sick of this. I was talking to my wife today, and she said a quote that helped a pastor. I don't know when he was going through a trial. And the word you said today, babe, was it the word attack? It said, don't, don't feel this certain way. You need to attack that. Do you remember the last part of that quote? You don't remember about the guy that was struggling with anxiety. Do you remember the last part of the quote? Mm. And see, somehow, when I heard that, 
My mind trans see my mind's a little weird. It goes all over the place. It just is. Y'all know. I'm dealing with all kinds of stuff right now. Y'all don't even know. In multiple languages. It's really weird. I'm thinking of Greek and Hebrew and German and Spanish and English, and I'm going, Lord, you just speak through me. But I heard when she said that, let the champion rise up in you and fight back. I you know what heard I what word I heard? Attack. I'm gonna attack my problems with the word. I'm going to attack how I'm feeling with what God said. I'm going to attack the trial. You say, man, I'm going to be in this trial. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not trying to just get out of this trial. I'm going to walk through it. God's called me to it. He's allowed it. Whatever it is, whether it was my decision or it's just something I'm going through. Jesus was perfect, and he was always going through trials and rejection. But in the midst of the trial, I'm going to fight back when it comes to thoughts, anxiety, depression, hopelessness, despair. I will fight back. I heard that word today, and that's not even what Jen said. You just saw that. Let the champion that's in you rise up and do what he's supposed to do. Do what she is supposed to do. And I heard the word, I'm telling you right now, attack. Mm -mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak up, I'm going to live right, and I'm going to be an example. And when I'm struggling in my body, in my mind, this is for you too, come on. This, the word cuts both ways, it cuts every way. I will attack the problem with the word. That's becoming a revelation to me. That is, that is incredible how God does that. She said that and I heard something else. I'm going to stand up, let the champion of God rise up in me, which is really Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's the Holy Spirit in me because I can't do it on my own. I can't. Apart from God, I'm just foolish. And I thank God that he uses foolish things to confound the wise. But I will stand up, and this is for somebody tonight, hear the word of the Lord. It's time for you to fight back. Not in anger, not in rebellion, not in crazy, but against the emotions that have held you down, against the situations that have just held you back forever. It's time to stand up and go, nuh-uh. I'm not a victim of my culture. I'm not a victim of my upbringing. I'm not a victim of what someone did to me. I'm not a victim of abuse. And God knows, just about everybody listening in or in here, we've all suffered through some kind of abuse in life, whether it was verbal, sexual, emotional, some kind of duress, some kind of gaslighting. Someone treated you bad, and then you, you, they put the blame on you somehow, and you go, how did that happen? Uh-uh, whatever it is, no more excuses. We're going to stand up and let the champion of God rise up in us, and you attack, you answer back. You feel down. You feel, oh, man, I'm struggling with this. You say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We refer back to that verse I said a while ago. He's crowned me with glory and honor just because I'm his. I'm no better than anyone else, but I am different. You remember that about yourself. Because you know how family or some other folks are not serving God. What do they like to do? Oh, you just think you're better than me. It's like, well... Well, no, actually, in Christ now, I am chosen, though, and I'm different. And you need to sort that out, you and God, but I know God is with me, and God is for me, and he's not going to ever leave me or forsake me. And I will rejoice when I run to, into problems and trials because I know that they help me build muscle, endurance, patience, perseverance. Because you know what Scripture says? I love quoting this. Scripture says that the storm passes and the wicked is no more. The storm blows through and the wicked just, they just, they just turn. Have you ever had leaves blow in your yard? Of course you have. You live in Hobbs. Everything blows in your yard. And if you wore a wig, that'd be blowing in your, that's why I don't wear a wig. Walked into a shop one day. I just shaved my head. It was a few months in. And it was a very ethnic shop. There were real cool things they could do with hair and stuff. 
And I walked in and I said, ladies, good afternoon. My head was shining. It was so bald. And I said, do you think you could glue some hair on my head? Here's this white boy walking in there. And they looked at me like this. They went, mm. and there was one that was real honest and one that was just trying to sell me something and work with me. And she's like, um, I'm sure we could maybe do that. You know, she was imagining how weird I'd look. But anyway, that's just free. I don't know why I had that weird memory just now. And I go, I'm kidding. I just messed with y'all and I left. That was it. But stuff gets blown around in a storm and the wind, doesn't it? Now you're going to be imagining me with a wig blowing off. But the storm and the wind comes and goes. And guess what? Here you are. You're still standing. And people said you weren't going to be able to make it. You outlived the critics. The storm came. It wiped them out. And it... You said, man, I don't know how I'm here. Well, guess what? It's what God promised. Scripture says many are the afflictions of the righteous, the troubles, the things you go through, but the Lord delivers them from them all. You may fall many times, seven times even, but you get back up. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop spiritual, emotional, physical muscle. Man, especially the spiritual and emotional. Muscle in your soul where you don't give up. Mm Mm-mm. The things that used to rattle you now, you go, no, praise God. God's, God's already done that for me. He's already brought me through this. Here's what I love, and I will end with this, then we'll pray. I love it. We were talking about, I was talking to a friend about folks that are handy. I love it when I see a problem and I go, oh, my gosh, how are we going to fix this? I've told my wife before, I don't know what to do with this thing. I remember it's been about four years ago. We were living at our other house, and the garbage disposal stopped working and all I could see was dollar signs y'all know how that is right how romantic for wives every time the husband goes man this is gonna cost us a bunch of money right but I remember I I I didn't totally panic or anything but I just told my wife I said man I don't know I don't know what to do with this thing and Jen goes ask Noe I went wow (laughs) that's God speaking I came to church, and it was, happened to be Saturday, Sunday. I was like, no, the garbage disposal is not working. It's, it's dead. He goes, did you know that if you reach under there, there's a, a little button you press, and it resets it? I don't know if it's a circuit. Is it a breaker? Protects it. That was four years ago. I'll never forget the pleasure I felt and the calm that Noe exuded when he goes, you just got to reach under there and push the button. It'll reset it. He goes, if that doesn't work, call me. I, f- I thought, wow. He's been through this. Isn't it amazing you have a God who's already been through it? He's not just in heaven going, no, I know everything and just, I know. He knew, but he came down in the form of Jesus so he could experience it. That's powerful. And guess what? About a week ago, maybe a few days ago, I walked into our kitchen at our new house, and the garbage disposal wouldn't work, and I kind of half smiled to myself. I was all alone. I backed up, I opened the thing, and I reached under, and I went, yep, there it is. I pushed the button, I went, I was like, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Noe. Been through that already. I will rejoice now, because I learned something through the last trial. Let's pray. Lord God, we praise you tonight, because you're good. You're good, that's one thing. You have so many attributes We could be here all night just praising you, and you would receive it from your people. But Lord, one thing I know about you is that you are good, and your mercy endures forever. 
If we'll keep seeking you and pointing our compass towards you, God, and setting our sails towards you and reaching out to you and seeking you, you're always going to take care of us, God. You just want to know that we love you. You want to know that we worship you. You want to know that, that we know that we need you. So tonight, God is a minister of reconciliation, and that is, to, I'm one who is called to help people get right with God. We all are. We just got to realize it. We're called, we've all been given, the apostle said in the New Testament, the ministry of reconciliation, helping people to get right with God. So tonight, because of that, is there anyone in this house who says, man, Pastor Matt, I have never accepted Jesus and made him the Lord of my life. Would you raise your hand tonight? I'm going to pray with you. And if there's no one in here, we're going to pray it together for those listening. You say, I've never accepted Jesus or made him the Lord of my life. I've never done it. If that's you, raise your hand. But if there's no one in here, we're just going to pray, pray together. Go ahead and pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I choose Jesus. Say, without you, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sin. Take away my sin, Lamb of God. Please forgive me, Lord. Say, I call upon the name of Jesus. Say, I confess that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And say, I believe that He rose from the dead. Say, thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you for the simplicity of your commands and your word for a life that is transformed. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Now agree with me as I pray for you. Father, thank you for those who have listened tonight. Thank you for those who have pulled on the anointing, God, and just said, this is for me. I believe it. I need it. I'll use it. I'll apply it. Father, I thank you that your word has fallen on good ground. Your people love you, and they're going to walk in your word, and they're being transformed by it as they walk in it through faith. Thank you for your grace, your empowerment to do right. We give you glory and honor and praise tonight. In Jesus' name, somebody said, amen.